I'm Nick. And I'm Greg. And I'm Jim, and this is Topic Lore, is the only place on the internet you can hear topics discussed. Nick, would you like to introduce yourself, or do you have anything to plug? Uh, sure. Yeah, I'm uh, Nick Lauber. I'm uh, a software quality engineer by trade, but I'm a frequent contributor to the uh, DuckFeed network of podcasts, of whom pretty much everyone has also been on Topic Lords. I should complete the set. Yeah, yeah, right. You got some level folks to get through, I think, but otherwise. Yeah. But yeah, not really much else to plug other than uh, yeah, keep an eye out for our end of year charity live stream that we tend to do a 48 hour live stream benefiting a transgender family assistance program here in portland uh, called transactive so keep an eye out for that usually late november early december cool and greg would you like to introduce yourself and or do you have anything to plug yeah greg reed i work in healthcare simulation fun stuff and i would like to plug let's see i think i'd like to plug this moth that's flying around my room, getting stuck <laughs> in the ceiling fan. You know, he, he's just having himself a journey. Not even <laughs> not, not even a care in the world. I don't know how he does it. <laughs> Tell me more about medical simulation. Yeah, yeah. So simulation in general is all about trying to represent things in the real world or, you know, represent things in general. So you kind of abstract some things away you know if you're trying to build a model of an airplane it depends on what you're going to use the model for you know you have a physical model of the thing if you want to fly it you've got the little balsa wood things if you want to go that route you've got mathematical equations that you know describe airflow you got 3d models so on and so forth right healthcare simulation is just simulation applied to healthcare so a lot of what we do involves simulated people. Balsawood bodies and stuff? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, it gets rather gruesome, I'll say. But not all the time. So this, you is, know, this is actually my favorite possible response that I could think of. Like, I can't think of a possible idea that medical simulation could describe that is better than this, which is that you're, like, doing hydrodynamics of the bloodstream. Oh, that sounds really cool. There is that, yeah. <laughs> Patient movement and and logistics, all sorts of stuff. Okay, all right. I'm thinking of Dungeon Keeper, but set in a hospital. Yes. <laughs> I'm not really familiar with Dungeon Keeper, but oh, no. from the name, I can imagine what it is. Yeah. And <laughs> from what I imagine of what it is, that seems about right. <laughs> there, there you go. Greg's also... Uh, Mainstay of old ZZT community, so there's <laughs> oh. some connection there. Oh, great. You might know him by Crank God if you're browsing some worlds of ZZT from, from Dr. Doss. That's awesome, oh, yeah. Our, our, our listeners are definitely going to be looking you up. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. Well, as long as you're looking me up, you can also look up little square things on Steam. Yeah. It's a little puzzle game I threw together, uh, lots of content, just released it for free because it's a passion project of mine based on an old ZZT game, but, you know, it's a lot better. I knew I'd eventually get a real plug out of you. <laughs> yeah, so I'm plugging two things here. Right. I just didn't want to go overboard, you know? I think right. this moth deserved the spotlight. This is fair. This works too. I forced it on you, I'm sorry. <laughs> Are we ready to start on some topics? Yes, please. Mm -hmm. Greg, your topic is anthropomorphized inanimate objects that's right i have a young kid how old is oh six now okay but, all right you know for 
six years or so, my life has been filled with media about anthropomorphized inanimate objects. You know, you've <laughs> yeah. got Thomas the Tank Engine as one. You know, yeah. these folks have faces, but you've got the Transformers too. I mean, you know, they're cars, you know, they, I guess they anthropomorphize themselves. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Now we're now we're getting into philosophy. Is a robot an anthropomorphic inanimate object? Only if it's anthropomorphic, right? Yes, I guess so. A human have to be a humanoid robot. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's about kind of assigning human traits to things or human like qualities to things, you know. Like is data in Star Trek an anthropomorphic inanimate object? Hmm. Yes. Wow. Or are, are right? robots in general. Yeah. Anth- only only humanoid robots. Like robots come in all shapes and sizes. They're not all anthropomorphic. It's true. Data has a lot more humanistic qualities than some. Yes. He's he's got hair. He doesn't need that hair. Yeah, it's true. true. He's got that white skin or whatever. I guess it keeps him from getting sunburned. Yeah. I feel like with all the advanced technology and data, they probably could have got the skin tone right. (laughs) I think so. That might be a legal thing, like how realistic toy guns need to have the orange caps. Right, (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) Totally. It could be, yeah. And it, it might be an uncanny valley sort of thing, although I guess it fails on that level. Yeah, he's uh, pretty you know, They don't want him to look <laughs> Yeah. They don't want him to look too human, but I guess they failed at that. So right. but it doesn't look like a battle bot, so like definitely anthropomorphic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you got those as examples. You have Talka Toys Gary the Garage. So <laughs> it's a talking garage with a face and I'm pretty sure the mouth is the garage door. That makes sense, yeah. It's been a little while since I've read up on Taka Toys lore, but that seems a little strange to me. I don't wow. know if he eats cars for hungry for cars, or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just found this eBay listing of this. This is wonderful. It is just a, a garage door with with some eyes. It's very Pee Wee's Playhouse. Oh, I yeah. forgot about Pee-wee's play. Oh my god, that's that's film with these things, isn't it? Yeah, it's pure anthropomorphic furniture and such. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a good like ninety percent of the cast of that show. That that talking chair definitely eats ass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. What else was there on Pee-wee's Playhouse? That's one thing. Fortunately, I've been spared from in this journey in raising a kid. You should you should reintroduce it. I feel like oh, it's timeless. Man. Let me let me let me see. I I remember there being a lot of anthropomorphic stuff, but trying to recall the memory, all I do remember is the couch itself. So I think that might be a talking toilet. There is a talking toilet. Oh man, with like a dog nose. I'm looking at a screenshot, or maybe it's a photo of the set, and it's hard to tell with some of this stuff. But I think this might be like a talking map of the United States. Yes, that's also a clock. I think. Wow. I can't vouch for this show, but I really enjoyed <laughs> Pee-wee's Big Adventure, the movie. Yes. It does look like also the window behind the seat is anthropomorphized. So I think the window also gets in it on the on the chitter-chatter. Right. Oh my god, this is a more involved topic than I thought it would be. <laughs> Good lord. Oh wait, yeah. yeah, there's there's the Globy, who's a globe, but then there's also like a just United States-shaped clock that Flatty, is also anthropomorphic. The flat globe. So... <laughs> A clock that has human features and presumably talks 
and yes. also it's a map of the United States. There's a yes. lot going on with this character. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know what sort of backstory it has, but it's got to be interesting. I think it was just manufactured in a hmm. factory somewhere, but then they put a soul into it. and Oh, man. Well, that sounds about right, too. Sorry, did, did someone already mention this? Is this a talking photo booth? <laughs> no. <laughs> is this on Pee Wee's Playhouse still? Yeah. Wow. So, is the mouth the entryway to it with that, the curtain? So, yeah, that would be interesting if it were like a vertical mouth. But the mouth like runs across the entryway. Like, <laughs> it doesn't really have a, a good analog to the real <laughs> physical space, to the real physical mm. object. I'm looking now. You know how like there's counters that can lift up in in restaurants sometimes, so that people can go behind the counter. Yeah, yeah. If photo booths had that, that would be the mouth. I'm on the the Pee Wee's Playhouse uh, fandom wiki, which of course there's. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to find the photo booth, but there is a lot of things that end in in Y, and a lot of Mister and Misses that are all primarily anthropomorphized things, and the the the. The United States clock map thing I was talking about is clocky. 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 <laughs> uh, the chandelier also has a face, apparently. Shandy. I'm, I'm looking at this, too. And, you know, you, you've got the, the clocky that's the category of Pee-wee's Playhouse anthropomorphized objects that end in Y. And you've got, like, Mr. Kite and Mr. Window. <laughs> Yeah, this is a, a goldmine of anthropomorphized inanimate objects. Oh my god. Someone stole your topic and made a show out of it, Greg. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> cool Cat made his first appearance here. I don't think it's the same Cool Cat. Oh, yeah. 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 Remember the Cool Cat? There's like a a, a very low budget, um, like PSA style film character named Cool Cat that I don't believe is the same Cool Cat that is on Pee Wee's Playhouse. I'm on the Pee Wee's Playhouse wiki, and in the recurring <laughs> segments section, there's a, a article called Marry It Joke, where, quote, Pee-wee or another character would say that he or she loved something, to which someone else would reply, and then why, why don't, don't you marry, marry me <laughs> slash him slash her slash it? Uh, apparently, in one episode, Pee-wee actually marries a bowl of fruit salad. <laughs> <laughs> is Fantastic. Does that also have eyes and a mouth? Uh, is this a screenshot? If, if that's a mm. screenshot of the fruit salad, I cannot see it if not there is a whole article for food in the refrigerator which are all anthropomorphized <laughs> oh wow i'll link that one to you guys there's several photos in there of like strawberries and ham with faces on them <laughs> discord was really trying to protect me from this link it was like hold up do you really want to go to the peewee fandom swicky <laughs> yeah that generally would sound like a bad idea <laughs> you know i was also thinking about technologies like uh, Alexa and Siri. Yeah, they even got names. Yeah, they give them names, and you know they have conversations with you. And PCs have error messages that basically try to have friendly conversations with you too. You know, just to I guess ease you into technology or something. But it's like, oh, you know, the computer crashed. Well, you don't know what the problem is. Brownie face. Yeah, frown for brownie um, face. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's very, very slightly anthropomorphized. Yeah, if they could just have a little, have a little text prompt for like, how does that make you feel? And then it would send a, that in your bug report to Microsoft. That'd be very oh, good. Oh, man. Yeah, does it, does it make you feel happy or sad? 
Like, how do you feel about not being able to delete this folder because some program that you don't remember running still has a file open in there? Exactly. And you can't rename it or anything like this. And yeah, you know, <laughs> it, if I had a form like that, I would give, I, I don't know, I, this would be sending to Microsoft, I guess. Would, would that be sending to Cortana or is that something else? Yeah, Cortana will definitely receive it. It's a, it's, it's a piece of a company. So you're going to send your feelings to the anthropomorphized like creator of Windows, like, mastermind of the Windows system. Windowsy? <laughs> Mr. Windows or... I want Bill to see my one out of five star review of the <laughs> of renaming this folder. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm going to give Windows E a piece of my mind. <laughs> Bill's out of there. It's all Steve now. Yeah, yeah. And, but at least Windows E is trying to start a conversation with me. You know, I I feel that connection is very important. You know, to my operating system. She treats you like a real person. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, believe in your original thoughts, we got as far as you have a six-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> they have Transformers, and, uh, and, and then we got onto the garage, the anthropomorphic garage. Right. Yeah, and then we got into Pee-wee's Playhouse. and Yeah, was there anything else you had there from your six-year-old there, Greg? No, I, I think that kind of runs the gamut of everything, you know? It, it, <laughs> okay. it's, it's pretty representative of what we would see, so... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, Nick. Your topic is Quaker names. It started with there's a, a Wikipedia article for a, uh, a man in early America by the name of Preserved Fish, <laughs> uh, which is nice. an excellent name. But it turns out that that's a, a pretty a pretty common thing for Quakers to have these very interesting names. Uh, Quaker women would sometimes use their maiden names for their sons' first names, and because a lot of you know uh, English names, Anglo names would be uh, professions and such. You'd end up with things like uh, coffin pits um, <laughs> or increase Woodward. This link that I've got that I'm sure Jim will include has got a lot of really great ones, but uh, I picked out a couple that really, really stood out to me. Uh, Fanny Marsh, I think, is pretty excellent. Yeah. Mel Melchizedek Melchized Peacock. That's pretty good. <laughs> and Mungo Belly, B E W L E Y, Mungo Belly. Melchizedek. I was like looking down this list trying to Melchizedek, trying to find the word you were trying to pronounce there. And it's, it looks just as ridiculous as it sounded. Yeah. So yeah, we're just looking at an excellent name of lists. But please, please point out any any favorites you've come, you've come across. I really like Morris Morris Jr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the the original writer there made a note of like, not only... Was there a Morris Morris, but they thought the name was so good, they decided to pass that <laughs> on to their, their son. son that. Yeah, <laughs> I want my son to suffer like I did. So you, you said they named their kids after, what, professions and virtues and stuff like that? Professions is a, definitely an Anglican thing, but um, yeah. there's the, the Quakers also added, yeah, some, some uh, virtues into the mix. And because the mother maiden name was sometimes become first names, you get a, an excellent mix of the two. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, so the mother's maiden name. So I guess that's where Fanny comes from. It's not a virtue, not no <laughs> mistranslation or something. There's no virtue I've ever heard of, no. Right. <laughs> I guess we see it nowadays, too. Or Well, I mean, I'm, I'm sure we see it nowadays in Quaker communities and all, but 
you know, I'm, I'm thinking names like Grace are pretty common. Yeah. 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 Hipparchia Hinchman is good. I, I really like experience as a first name. Experience yeah. Field, Experience Burke Merrick, Bert Merrick. Very good. Yeah. I think my favorite has to be Fanny Marsh. Fanny <laughs> Marsh is really excellent. <laughs> I'm with you. There was a um, a list of machine learning generated names that I plundered for character names in Frog Fractions 2. Uh-huh. And I really wish I had seen this list before I shipped my last game because it <laughs> definitely would have molded it slightly. Yeah, definitely some excellent names to feed into an otherwise normal name generator. Right. Yeah. Just one of these names has a citation. And by a citation, I mean it, there's a, a photo of the book where it mentions the name Leather Peacock. <laughs> yeah. Now that one of these has been proven to me that it exists, I want to see the rest. Like I said, there there is indeed a Wikipedia article for for Mister Preserved Fish. Okay, wow. yep. He he does have one. I I verified its existence, and it's it's the first one. Like it, it's not like you have to go into a disambiguation or anything. Preserved Fish. This man gets gets that Wikipedia name. I don't know. Anybody can edit Wikipedia. <laughs> That's <not> fair. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Mr. Fish is definitely writing his own page. <laughs> <laughs> he was a uh, early New York uh, City shipping merchant and a, a early broker of the New York Stock Exchange. I went to his find a grave. Oh, find a grave! This is another thing I haven't heard of. God, why am I in the dark on so <laughs> many of these things? They link to where he's buried in his Wikipedia article too. He is a notable burial burial within the New York City Marble Cemetery. Yeah. But I'm looking at his grave marker, and there's like no. I think it's just worn down. Oh, you can't no, read it. You can't read preserved fish on this. Oh no! Very unfortunate. I, I tried to leave a flower, but I have to sign in. <laughs> I have to create a account on Find a Grave in order to give preserved fish my flower, yeah. my digital flower. I can't remember if this is the app. I think it's Find the Grave, but it could be a different app where you can ask people to, to visit someone else's grave. Hold on, let's explore this concept for a second. In like a yes. like a like a Uber like, style you, way, like like yeah, gig economy so you, grave. It is things? a gig economy thing. No, but no money exchanges hands. People do it for like points. <laughs> okay, okay, points for points on the site. I believe what it's for is that you will say, "I believe this person is in this graveyard." Can you find them for me? And then they will go search for you and uh, take a photo if so. Okay. It's like on huh. Stack Overflow where you like you get experience <laughs> points for answering people's questions. Right. I, w- I was afraid it was it was a gig economy like pay your respects type thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, we'll take your money and, <laughs> and the, the, the more money you give, the more you care about your grandfather. Like a very lazy way to go visit some relatives' graves. I think it might be like, well, if you want to go visit somebody, somebody's grave, you want to make sure they're actually in that graveyard first. Yeah, so someone nearby will validate for you that they're there. Right. Somebody with that name is there. Right. It's certainly a much kinder form than, than what I thought. Yeah, got a good point. I just, I wonder how many folks end up following up on these. You know, it's like, uh, yeah, this gravestone does exist. I'm wondering how many people just, it's like, you know, okay, 
cool. That, yeah, end of the conversation, right? Yeah. <laughs> Leave a flower for me or don't. It's fine. Preserved fish has 20 flowers. Wow. I can click. I, cl- I'm cl- I just clicked view all and uh, the most recent is left by Grave Maven. <laughs> wow. Some of them are pictures of flowers, but most of them are pictures of like Grave Maven's flower is a picture of like a tree at sunset. Wow. With the sky reflected in the body of water. Uh, this other, I'm not going to try to pronounce this person's name, is a couple of butterflies with like sparkling animations happening. Like a like an old blingy? Yeah, it's like a blingy. It's exactly <laughs> like a blingy. And wow. I wonder if you can upload your own image. Yeah, you must be able to. <laughs> a beautiful dedication to preserved fish. These are virtual flowers? It's yeah. like some intro site currency or something like this i think it's like a guest book but for graves the first one was left in august 2002 so these don't these flowers never rot good it'd be unfortunate if they did (laughs) that makes sense they do never rot don't monetize the digital flowers please right nfts for these graves (laughs) or the flowers on them you know you you can buy a bouquet of flowers left for preserved fish or what have you. The original blingy butterflies. <laughs> Are we ready for another topic? Yes, I do believe so. My topic is, why do car doors get shitty shut? Uh, now, before I explain what shitty shut means, is the is, is shitty shut, like, is that self-explanatory? Do you just know what that means? I totally got it right off the bat. Let me guess. Okay. I'm just imagining it's car doors aren't shut all the way or that people slammed them. Yeah, I mean the phenomenon where you like you try to shut the door, you're trying not to slam the door, but you just didn't close it hard enough, and so it gets like kind of closed, but there's a little bit of give. Oh yeah, and so you have to open it again in order to shut it again. Oh, that pisses me off royally. <laughs> the sensor doesn't tell you anything, <laughs> right? You know, it's it's like it's it's open, kind of. It doesn't typically go anywhere. It's just not as like flush or you know, perfectly in there as much as possible, which leads me to believe there's like a second backup latch for when you don't quite shut the door all the way. Yeah. Kind of like an airplane black box deal. Like, why didn't they just make the real latch as good as the shitty shut latch? (laughs) First of all, the most interesting thing I found when I was researching this is that there is a car. I found a video of this on YouTube where someone took a, no one paid for this feature, but they took a video of it in the car dealer lot of a car (laughs) that if you, if you shitty shut the door, like, it sucks the dory in, like, zoop, and now it's really shut. <laughs> that's excellent. That's, that's the most useless feature I've ever heard of on the car. I, I'm sure it's, like, $6,000 over sticker price, and then, like, if the mechanism breaks, you can't shut the door at all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or if the battery dies, you're stuck inside, like, a Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> right. I've only ever been able to, like, when, when I find people talking about this, this thing, it's, they, they say it's a safety mechanism. Which is ridiculous. No, it, no one is safer because <laughs> the door won't shut properly. Uh, but I do believe that it's a side effect of the safety mechanism. And my guess is that what this is, is that the car door has two latches. Uh, and this is like the worst case latch. If the, the car door barely shuts, it still is going to hold. And so you're not going to fall out of the car. Exactly. That, that's what I'm saying. Why don't they make the whole plane out of the black box? Uh, I think the idea is that there are two, there's a backup. Yeah. So it's like they would need to make two planes out of the black box, (laughs) one on top of the other. (laughs) Right. 
Did you find that shitty shut is is the technical term people are using online to discuss this? Uh, I just made this up. I didn't. I have never <laughs> actually Googled for the term shitty shut. Come to think of it, when I'm now going to. Because I definitely got it instantly, but I, I was very curious as to whether that was common parlance or not. You know, you you've got these minivans too, and thank God I'm not at that point, and I never will be. But you know, you you have minivans that automatically close the doors, and I'm wondering whether those doors get shitty shut as well. Yeah. Like, you know, oh, yeah. do those latch all the way all the time? Because side if so, yeah, it's like the automatic door people just didn't talk to the latch engineering department or something like this. I don't yeah, know. What about the, the gull wing doors in the DeLorean? Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So the result for shitty shut is the subreddit, shitty shut up and take my money. Oh, jeez. Okay. Which seems to be empty. Like, there are no posts in Shitty Shut Up and Take My Money. But it took the top spot on Google. Interesting. Uh, unless I'm misreading the search result. You've just, you just invented a superior term that no one's used yet. Right, yes. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the hashtag on Tumblr, your opinion is Shitty Shut Up. Um, fair, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, the, this term needs to catch on. I think if, if nothing else comes out of this... Uh, it's that you you created the superior terminology for when the door latches, but not quite right. Yes. You could use uh, shitty shut for that and maybe more generally shutting things like shutting one's mouth or something like this. It's, you know, where someone's trying to get a word in edgewise or something like this. There is a lot of potential. Your housemate doesn't close the kitchen cabinet all the way and it's just like sitting there but not latched. It's like, why'd you shitty shut this? That too. You could have shut it all the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if if we're going to expand it to be just like this door is a jar, that's one thing. <laughs> but like, I think there's something spe specific about like it is a shut state, right? Like the car door is in many respects shut. Yeah, but <laughs> it's just not very well. Entirely functional in the current state it's in, but it doesn't look good. Right, and it doesn't like it. There's no seal. There's no like. <laughs> yeah. Like you're going to air condition the rest of the the rest of the highway. <laughs> right. Yeah, I can feel the air escaping. Yeah, I like the idea of expanding it to be like, when you're still waking up, you're shitty awake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would mean you have to like, go back to sleep and then wake up properly, dipshit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's better than wrong side of the bed. That's like a mouthful compared to shitty awake. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm hoping that this catches on as like a Gen Z term. <laughs> you know, you've got that lexicon of theirs. This needs to make it in. I wonder if any Gen Z folks listen to this show. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I feel like it's all like people in their forties who played Frog Fractions and remembered Nintendo in the eighties. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you're allowed to be anywhere near our ages and and create a new Gen Z terminology. Yeah, maybe we can slide it in somehow. If anybody has any Gen Z friends, we can get it trending on these newfangled websites that kids get on nowadays well you two have children just just build it into them and then gen alpha or whatever the next one is yeah Do kids still still like tiktok i think so <laughs> <laughs> i need to get on tiktok start using a filter that makes me look young and then <laughs> do a bunch of like meme dances with shitty shut in the name <laughs> that'll definitely work yeah and and Closing doors, you know, I guess, what, a 10-second video of 
trying to shut a door, but it doesn't shut all the way. And hashtag city shut. Go forth. Yeah. You know, and, catch and, on like wildfire. Make, make this. Yeah. Make this catch on. Boomers hate it when you use this term. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how you get it to stick. I guess if you can't get Gen Z to do it, Nick, I think you've got a point that maybe we can instill it in our kids. Yeah. It might be too late to do it for Gen Z, but we have more influence over the next generation. Oh, yeah. Winston's definitely going to call it shitty shut. <laughs> Everybody else is going to be like, oh, Winston, you shouldn't use that word. And I'll be I'll be from the bushes. I'll be. Yes, you should. <laughs> you should. It's, called, uh, it's called shitty shut. <laughs> Ask them if they have a better name. They don't. Yeah, that's a much better way to go about it. Yeah. I don't know. When it comes to language and all it's it's contextual and that's what i have to teach my kid you know it's like some words are okay in some circumstances and some aren't socially acceptable because they're not socially acceptable it's the way the world works sorry yeah you're not allowed to swear if you're a kid you can't swear around adults or and vice versa but they can swear around each other <laughs> right therefore they can call the cardboard shitty shot whenever they feel like right just make sure no adults are around. And also the context is fine, right? Don't call someone shitty shut. That's not right. <laughs> yeah. Unless they got out of bed poorly. <laughs> right. Right. No, that's shitty awake. Oh, right. Yeah. Right, right. Though I'm wondering, you know, in what context a kid would be talking about shitty shut car doors. <laughs> without, without adults around, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, is that a conversation in and of itself? I don't know. I'm thinking maybe a side effect of this would be that we legitimize the word shit again. You know, it's like, it's not a bad word anymore. Reclaim it for the for the good side? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like euphemism creep, but the opposite. Euphemism yeah. uh, withdrawal? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like, well, I don't, I don't know if this is right or not, or this is just what I want to be true. Uh, in, in Frog Fractions 2, I was very diligent about not having swearing in the game just because it didn't seem right. Just like, this isn't, I don't want this work to have curse words in it because that doesn't feel right. Yeah. But at the end of the game, you can unlock the shitpost dungeon <laughs> right. where all the developers of the game, like, I asked them all if they want like a quote. One of the endings of Chrono Trigger was what inspired this, whereas, where like all the developers had a thing to say. And I justified this to myself by saying, like, Sh well, shitpost is not a swear. It's just what you call it. Yeah. There's no, there's no, you know, safer word, quote unquote, phrase for that. Like, it is a shitpost. Yeah. Yeah. And shitty yeah. shut, it's just, just what you call it. Just what you call it. Like I said, it's all contextual. Don't call someone shitty shut, but otherwise. And don't call them a shitpost either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I... I definitely aspire to be a human shitpost. <laughs> <laughs> or an anthropomorphized shitpost. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. I'll, I'll put on the, the Mickey Mouse ears. Are we ready for another topic? Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, for this topic, we're going to be watching Call Me by Go West. All right. At one quarter speed. Have you heard this song? I've heard it via the Vice City soundtrack, I believe. Yeah, same. I heard it via... The fact that it's one of our topics, and <laughs> I, I, I kind of shut it off after 10 seconds. Okay, you did a little bit of research. You didn't hear the yeah. chorus. I did 10 seconds worth of research, and, and now that research is meaningless because we're 
not using the words. No, it's not about the no. words, my friend. No. I mean, we could turn on subtitles if you want. <laughs> no, that's okay. That, that's just too distracting for me. All right, I'm going to count down from three, and on zero, we click play. Three, two, one, play. Fade in on Attack of the 50-Foot Woman. Um, yeah, movie poster on a wall here. Yep. Slow zoom out. Very slow zoom out. Very slow. Don't comment on the speed. That's This, this is the slowest music video <laughs> I've ever seen. Slower than all the quarter speed videos that I've watched in the past few months. <laughs> all right, yeah, we've got some, some very 80s folk walking out of the cinema, presumably after watching said movie some monster is casting a shadow on the on the marquee oh it's a 50 foot gentleman oh that's not okay is this their inner desires being projected here hmm. yeah that, that's not clear to me but we've already established like several times that the shadow does not match the the foreground yeah, yeah. the person in the foreground i love the clip art dude just <laughs> sailing by the screen <laughs> yeah 80s clip art this is some early green screen work that's not great. Very smooth edges around all these cutouts here. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's like an animated shadow there. Yeah, I feel like all these shadows are composited with some sort of digital technique. Like, uh, it's not. It doesn't look like a in-camera shot where there's one person in the foreground and then another person like in front of the light to cast the shadow. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely some some revolutionary technology for the time. Right. So now we've got a gentleman, presumably lead singer of of Go West, doing yes. some open mouth work here. He's very intense. He's doing one dance while the shadow does a slightly modified version of it. Yeah, I think this is an example of a shadow that's meant to look like it's synced up. And I wonder if it does at full speed. Yeah, like you wouldn't notice how off it is. Oh, but now yeah. we've got a non-shadow hand. As it was coming into the frame, like the background turned red, which looked like it might have been a glitch. <laughs> yeah, I never would have noticed otherwise. Yeah. You may telephone from here. What? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not strange. sure. I don't think I've ever seen that sign in real life. No. Okay, what's with the hand reaching toward that particular billboard like three or four times in this video? <laughs> well, the shadow work was expensive. They had to make okay. <laughs> yeah, they had to reuse. Oh, wow. Okay. Ooh, so we've got yeah, the streets are flooding. Painting the whole street. Yeah. Yeah, that looks like something effects on the god awful kids videos on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Come to think of it, like this whole music video looks upscaled. I think a lot of the artifacts might actually be the um like whoever uploaded this upscaled it from like TV resolution. Oh yeah, yeah, maybe maybe ran it through some some AI upscaler or something. Yeah. Oh man, I don't have it full screen. I need to have it full screen here. <laughs> I, I'm, I I was missing out. I saw some clipping on on this flipping man's legs here, where he, his legs got cut off for a portion. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, I'd never seen this music video, but I scrubbed through it just to see if it would be an entertaining slow watch. And This uh, guy's one-side-only sideburn definitely looks like a glitch. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's not. Yeah, that could have been high fashion in, what, 1982 or whatever it was? <laughs> We're back to this sign, and I can't make out what it says. A general store or something. I'd, okay, we've got the flying guy. Oh, oh they're compositing of... the layers now. Yeah. No, I think that sideburn is intentional. He's got like makeup on a singular side of his face, darkening up that spot. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like he's trying to get into kiss, but he couldn't be asked to do the rest of his face. <laughs> Maybe he like slept on a greasy bench. Yeah, yeah. So far we just have people kind of <laughs> flipping and flying over top of a bunch of people standing in the street. I definitely haven't 
figured out a narrative that is attempting be, to be told here. People came out of a movie theater. It, it, it was a little easy to interpret that since then, though. Right. Maybe if we could hear the words. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I doubt it, though. The only lyrics I remember from Vice City were, call me. <laughs> right. Yeah, you, you may use telephone here on that one sign. So I guess, you know, specific time and place. That's keeping in the theme. Oh, this transition is beating him up. Uh-oh. <laughs> Jesus. Uh-oh. <laughs> Killed by a transition. Oh, it's a billiard bar. Oh, are we going in there? I think we might be heading in there. This is like they, they just forgot to paint the set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very silver, uh, poorly made fire hydrant. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it's made of like a, a pie tin and some aluminum foil. All right, we're, we're inside the billiard bar where, where lead singer man is singing into a fan. Yeah, that's a fun, that's a fun sound. Have you ever <laughs> done that? There's a, a gentleman on the ceiling above him now. Yeah. There's no billiards in here. I don't see any billiards. Oh, that's just some bullshit right there. Falsely advertised. Yeah. Oh, there's someone on the ceiling. Let's everybody run. <laughs> Thought, like, yeah, it took them a while to... <laughs> yeah realize that there's somebody on the ceiling and they all saw it at the same time i guess this is a very gentle exorcist type scene here yeah, yeah this man is not trying to be scary he's just stuck up there <laughs> i wonder if this is one of those music videos where they change the sound to reflect what's going on in the video in which case they should definitely have the sound the effect of singing into a fan <laughs> really change the vocals for that part of the song yeah like it's all muffled and Right, right. Oh, more paint. Okay. Yeah, it's just spilling everywhere. Uh -oh. oh, man. Paint transition. Paint's, paint's about to cover the frame. Yeah, beaten up by one transition and just covered in paint by another. Oh, and the paint's Ooh. coming off. Wiping back. Yeah. Oh, and it turns out it was a shirt all along. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, no, coat. Child yeah, okay. in a uh, hat with a, with a star upon it. Maybe he's the sheriff. He's the sheriff yeah. of this town. He's labeled boy. He is labeled boy. <laughs> well, drugstore is full of a band. Yeah, they're all standing in a row. I guess when you're a band that size, what other choice do you have than to all stand in a row? Yeah, this is a, a larger band than I thought. How many people was that? Like six or seven? King of Wishful Thinking. I, I scrubbed through that one as well, and uh, there was only two gentlemen in that one, so mm -hmm. they expanded in between. Yeah, this must be where they got successful or something like this, and you know, <laughs> had to had to expand into more instruments. Oh, oh, god. Okay, now he recognizes a guy flipping over him. Oh, wait, no, maybe he was just singing. I don't know anymore. Yeah, I thought there was a narrative going on, but they're really just. <laughs> There's a woman spinning on the roof of the of the billiard bar now in a chair. Yeah, it's reminiscent a little bit of one of uh, one of those mechanical bulls. Right, right. Only on the ceiling of a billiard bar with no billiards. Except on the ceiling, yeah. Oh man, a, a mechanical bull mounted upside down would be an interesting challenge, like hanging from the ceiling. Yeah, you have to get tied in. Well, I was thinking you'd have to hold on with your legs. Oh, ceiling man is coming up behind him. He's now firmly on terra firma. Oh, some other <laughs> terror is in the sky for them to witness, though. Nuclear explosions happening. Oh, no, it's a 50-foot woman. It's the 50-foot woman. It's the 50-foot woman. We've now, at this point in the video, however long it's been, are now referencing back. <laughs> Every footstep like thunder. <laughs> yeah. 
the uh, smaller model of the city was also just terrible. Yeah, definitely not meant to be seen at this speed. <laughs> and this is a shitty little town, man. There's a theater and a billiard bar with no billiards and a drugstore full of bands. Right, and also the billiard bar is haunted by people on the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, which makes no sense if the whole thing's about this 50-foot woman. I'm not sure how they connect. Yeah, yeah, you you, you get one buy-in for your sci-fi premise, guys. <laughs> right, right. You can't have giant ants and aliens coming to Earth. Right. Oh, I forgot about the shadow thing. Yeah. There are many, many plot twists in this video. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 50-foot woman after all, you know, it turns out. And, oh, I don't know what's coming next, though. Oh, the shadow froze. Yeah. Yeah, the shadow element doesn't seem to really be playing in other than they had to do it once to make the, the hand of the 50-foot woman come down and decided just to roll with it for the rest of the video. Yeah, we, we already have this effect. We, we figured out how to do this effect. We're going to do it for every other shot, too. Right. Oh, other pretty boy here has got some smudge on his face, too, on the other side. Yeah. And maybe they maybe they were lying cheek to cheek. <laughs> <laughs> Sharing a microphone. Oh. They spent all their yeah. budget on this shitty town. I think, are, are they going to face the 50-foot woman here? Are they, they marching upon her? Uh, I feel like if that were the case, maybe they're, maybe they're like, fo- focused on her foot. Yeah, yeah. Because they're certainly not trying to make eye contact. Yeah, I think she's coming at them from a very different angle than what we're seeing here. Right. Also, no one else in the background is freaking out, so the, yeah. the 50-foot woman is just normal now. <laughs> to everybody except the band. Right. They're getting hit by waves of something. Repeatedly. It says go east. That's a funny joke. <laughs> Did it say east? I think so. Wow. Even at this speed, I couldn't catch that singular frame. Or it was G-O east. Yeah. I missed that one. Oh, how, how tall that one how said. How tall, yeah. The answer to this riddle is 50. Are we discovering the first ARG? <laughs> <laughs> we need to track these guys down on Twitter and send them a message. Like, do we get a prize? Because we laughed at your go east joke. <laughs> the next two singular frame flashes were that tall. All right, yeah. But I don't know how, I still don't really know what, <laughs> what it's meant to mean. I hate to admit that I don't get the go east joke. I mean, the name of the band is Go West. That's it. Oh, God. Okay. That makes <laughs> that's, that's the whole joke. You're in full screen. You didn't know this. It's okay. That's, that's true. Yeah, yeah. The- I like this composition here where it's just like, yeah, you can watch the video, but also here's some garbage. <laughs> right, right. They reused that guy like climbing down the billboard a couple times yeah. too. I think that's storyline wise the end, and now they're they're having a nice chuckle to themselves upon a bench now that the uh, the problem that has resolved, <laughs> whatever the problem was. For the next two minutes, we're gonna watch this uh, camera pull out <laughs> and <laughs> till it gets into orbit. <laughs> Yeah, scrubbing through, I thought there'd be a little bit more of a, a through line, but there doesn't seem to be much of a through line besides shadows. Yeah. Okay, there's that damn thing again. There's the hand. Yeah. The hand wants to grab this poster, I guess. And they've shown it many times. And here's the falling yellow liquid. Oh, still spilling forth within the billiards bar. And here's the dudes flying past the frame. Yeah, there's lots of like recurring imagery, which I guess is like a thematic through line. <laughs> They're sitting, but the shadows are dancing. Yeah, it's like they're they're they want to dance on the inside. That's how they really feel. Mm. But they've got to be composed, right? For some reason, we are still pulling away from these guys <laughs> very slowly. We haven't gotten to orbit yet, but we've got an aerial shot of the town. 
oh, okay, why are they showing us this through the billboard? It feels like I should be seeing this full frame. Yeah, I think this is the climax of the whole uh, the battle with the 50-foot woman. Is this timeline-wise prior to the bench sitting? Whoa. Yeah, I think this was uh, this was the inspiration for Memento. <laughs> yeah, all these all these time loops and plot twists. It turns out they were sitting on the bench all along. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, hands, that says the hands what? coming for the dancer. Go. Okay, I'm, I'm taking another go with the sign. It's a Golo Cannon Sons, maybe. Golo Golo Cannon Sons. Golo Ken. Uh, we're fading. Nothing happened. <laughs> We didn't even get the zoom out. Okay, that's the end, folks. That's the end of the video. Yeah. We did it. We watched the video. <laughs> yeah, I think this is what they look like now. So this was the story of their lives here. From young, right. smiling gentlemen to... This, this video is 40 years in the making. <laughs> Damn, they aged gracefully. They don't look yeah. too bad, yeah. Yeah. E either that or I guess they just shot the video for a 1985 song or whatever. That, like, right. barely cracking the top 20 in the 80s money really... Buys you a, a lifetime, right? Oh no, I have I have autoplay. It's another Go yeah. West song. Yeah, oh, yeah. Crap. Don't go, oh, don't go no. on. We, we're done. <laughs> yeah, I mean that could be what we do. This episode is like Nick and I could go on to talk about what's on the grill if you're grilling up some good boys, but you could just keep talking about uh, Go West's. Uber. Yeah, I can do that. Nick, what is what is on the grill? If you're grilling up some good boys. Yeah, I mean, you know, everyone says they're grilling up some bad boys, but I, I want to know what Do I need to do. <laughs> yeah, I haven't, yeah. That, I haven't heard that one either. Listen, I've got some bad boys on the grill. Why don't you pop on over? Got some big ZD. Okay, all right. The guys in this video do seem like bad boys now. You know, it's like they're disrespecting the camera, but then the dude gave a thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, Greg's going for it. He's going for the So maybe <laughs> they're not bad guys after all. Maybe they are good boys. <laughs> The Go West Parallel the Parallel Podcast. Um, My God! If you throw some throw some dogs on the grill, you've got some bad boys grilling up. I want to know what you got. If you got some some good boys. And my first thought: You guys ever seen like those like insufferable food bloggers like cutting their dogs into uh, hot dogs into like octopuses for their children? Oh God! <laughs> you know, if you grill one of those up, you've got yourself a, a grilling good boy. Certainly, instead of a bad boy. But what yeah. else? What what else is a good uh, a good boy to to go on the grill? Those little uh, cocktail wieners, the tiny ones, would be good boys. Yeah, those are some good boys. <laughs> those grill up real good. Would it yeah. be just a hot dog that's very well mannered, well behaved? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't burst if you put it in the microwave. It's a good boy. I think you're assuming a lot if every hot dog that goes on the grill by default is a bad boy. Like you should start from a point of neut neutrality and let them prove whether or not they're good or bad boys. That's true. You know, this guy came out of the limo, and I don't know what his motivation is. He could be good or bad. <laughs> <laughs> and another guy came out, maybe maybe one's good, a good boy, and one's a bad boy. I don't know. Contrast, like, good cop, bad cop. So so the listeners can follow along, what video did you go on to watch next? Uh, this is King of Wishful Thinking. Okay, their other hit. Yeah, th yeah this is the one that I... That I scrubbed through to see if it was interesting and it's just two guys dancing in front of a car so greg's uh commentary here is going to be delightfully entertaining i'm hoping so you know <laughs> of course the ultimate good boy to put on a grill but immediately turns you into a very bad boy would be an actual dog right that's true yeah yeah but 
that's certainly a good boy that would that would go on the grill. Uh, but not a great boy because there's no such thing as a great dog. No, they're all good. They're all good. That's correct. They're all good boys. None of them are great boys. And none of them are girls. Yeah, that's weird too. <laughs> Wait, what's with these well, rocks falling? Cat, cats are the girls. That's how that works. Okay, yeah. Oh, there's the drummer. That would not be delicious if you put that on the grill. The drummer there is really acting like a bad boy. And oh, yeah. there's another giant woman. What? What is... What? Oh no! Is that a th- is that a through theme in their music videos? Is that why we're missing like part of the Go West music video cinematic universe, and that's why that music video made no sense? <laughs> Maybe so. All right, we can we can move on from this topic, but if we do, Greg has to stop the, stop the other music video. <laughs> I don't know if I want to. This is just enthralling. When we get to your topic, you've got to say something about your topic. Uh, but first, going to go back to Frog Tractions two again. One of the things that that came up repeatedly in that game in the corn stories uh-huh. was I used the word dog in place of where you would normally expect to use the word hot dog, but I didn't like call attention to it. So right. I just referred to a dog eating contest. <laughs> right. And I, oh, and, I, no. and I referred to a, a dog vendor. Mm-hmm. And I was like, after doing this, I was like, I've got to, I've got to do this again. And I couldn't think of any more phrases with be commonly associated with a hot dog that I could just take the hot part out. Hmm. And so I, I just, I, I was unable to, to follow this up. But I do think that grilling up some good boys, I think that could have been an alternate venue, like an alternate path I've could have, I could have gone down to have this, a similar effect. Yeah, you, you definitely will very quickly run out of phrases that actually include the whole word hot dog that you could shorten. But right. you could use good boys or bad boys. Or any sort of boys in place of a lot of different areas. Right. Yes. Except that, again, I've never heard bad boys on the grill. <laughs> you got to widen your horizons there, Jim. Not enough people referring to food as bad boys. <laughs> got to spend more time in Portland. Yeah. I'm skipping ahead in this video. It's, it's just bullshit nonsense now. Is it, it's, just, it's just people dancing now? Yep. They're back to that. Do they have moves? Do they have good moves? Or are they just like kind of swinging around? They're swinging around. They're swinging around. They're not. They're not great dancers. They're not. They're not doing a planned choreographed act. Oh, now they. Now there are a bunch of people, but they're not choreographed. These God. These are very, very bad bad boys in many <laughs> senses. You know, they're just bad dancers, but also you know they look tough. So if only they had realized when making that video that someone would be. Oh, there's the Pope. Sorry. <laughs> Okay, all right, we got something. If only they'd realized that someday someone would watch this at quarter speed and talk <laughs> about it to an audience of like 500 people. <laughs> what what startled you there, Greg? <laughs> what was that? It was the Pope. The Pope? That might be the good, the ultimate good boy. Well, oh, wow. A, a, a bishop, I think. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so the ultimate good boy. So maybe that's part of our answer. Have you have you noticed any any single frame, like, subtle messages in there? To piece together into our puzzle? No, nothing like that. Mm. No uh, subliminal messages or anything. Hmm. Unfortunate. Yeah, no. Are we, are we ready for the next topic? <laughs> yes, please. Yes. Yeah, please, please. I, I, I'm sick of these videos. <laughs> I'm sick of this. I'm sick of Go West. Greg, your topic is overly complicated navel-gazing plots in video games, especially those that absolutely do not need plots. Yeah, so... It's kind of cliched at this point, maybe, but the first thing that came to mind for me was uh, Braid, you know? 
where mm. you know you got the time travel mechanic you know going back and forward spoilers for the audience here for the ending of braid although it you know doesn't make sense but it turns out that the princess is running away from the hero which does make sense and that's cool yeah but then it also turns out that like she's the atomic bomb and he's a manhattan <laughs> project scientist or something yeah. yeah i don't know if it's meant to be so ridiculous or if jonathan blow really intended something behind that i don't really know the intention there like i remember at the time i was interpreting it as like people are paying too much attention to to video games as if they are like high art or like their their literature that needs to be that needs a deep reading and I, I feel like he might have been making a commentary on that but like right now i i feel like i have no idea yeah having a, like a history of of jonathan blows out output now that doesn't sound like him <laughs> like what he would be trying to establish uh, yeah because he's a little overblown like i think he's tried to you know come to terms with that and, and draw it down but definitely at least post braid originally he definitely had a knack for uh posting anywhere anyone criticized the game and defending it to the death because he couldn't take any sort of criticism i feel like he really wanted people to understand his vision and nobody did yeah especially not soldier boy <laughs> Soldier Boy had the, the best interpretation of the whole plot of the game. You know, it's like, oh, you know, he's he's fallen. You never run out of the time rewind potion. <laughs> I think that the the twist where it turns out she's running away from you, I think that's a really fun twist. Yeah, it's good. Really well yeah. executed. And I feel like the everything else could go. <laughs> right, right. Like all the all the all the little like short stories you read between between the chapters like I, I don't get anything i guess i haven't played the game in a few years right maybe i would catch on to the that meaning a little bit better nowadays but <laughs> um yeah I, I i tend to agree like i was actually like I, I picked this topic because i was actually interested in the examples because the uh when i was trying to think of a good example of a game like this the super complicated plots that i could think of were games that were where that where the selling point is actually the, the storytelling right yeah like visual novels or rpgs and like presumably people like that stuff and that's why they play those games in that sense those games do need plots yeah those those do definitely uh, apparently entire essays and, and articles have been written on the braid thing by the way i forgot to mention that so somebody yeah. out there is taking it extremely seriously Back in 2007, I feel like I would be one of the people trying to trying to suss out what Jonathan Blow intended. Yeah, this is going to definitely be in a video game literature course in a hundred years or so. You know, where you study the classics and it's open <laughs> for interpretation. And you know, you have folks in a 101 level class writing their own takes, their own essays on this, and it's you know, it could be beautiful. Yeah. And if Jonathan Blow inspired that, then well. You know, bravo. I'm sure there's been a lot of poor attempts at it, but all the ones that you could disparagingly call navel gazy games, the, the storyline games, all uh, the only ones that ever come across my way have been like the exact the best examples of it. So I don't have a whole lot of awful examples to to bring to the tale. Like I feel like the beginner's guide 
don't know if you guys played that one from um the developer of Stanley Parable. Yeah, I played that. It's a very like a purposely kind of self-centric game where the yes. the he puts himself as the narrator of the game and it's it's fictionalized, it's not telling the truth, but it's you could definitely call that navel gazy, but I think that game is fucking excellent. Like <laughs> I love that game. You know, I, I I think to me it's about whether things like that actually add to the game. This tendency got to me so much that little square things has zero plot, but the ending expounds on lore. Lore <laughs> upon lore upon lore. And, you know, it's mostly scrolling text and <laughs> right. and and text and imagery. I don't want to spoil a game for the five people out there who are going to play it. <laughs> right. But that's definitely something to look forward to, all of the Square Things lore. It involves a spider mech. By the way, oh, of all excellent. things, you know, yeah, yeah, that's that's only a small part of it. I had to make it as bullshit as possible. <laughs> so the the important question is: Does the lore dump happen in uh, text that is scrolling into the distance? So I I would have done that. It would be a good idea, and I think I would have done that. Except the whole aesthetic of the game is like DOS based, and so yeah. it's a little bit hard to do. Yeah, so I mean, so here's what you do: you just tilt the 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 DOS screen. That's true. Yeah, just emulate an entire monitor gets tilted. Yeah, show the whole frame of the CRT. You tilt it back, and it turns out it was an alien playing the game all along. Oh yeah, or something <laughs> like that. You know, the screen tilts back, but the tilting back is part of the story too. <laughs> yeah. Pan out, and bam. An alien playing the game. Can you can you imagine? Right. <laughs> Did you guys follow the saga of uh, Bob's game? I feel like I I heard a lot of things about it. This like as as far as I know, this Bob is was he schizophrenic? Either that or putting on a character that was right. I think no one's quite sure. Like I remember Bob like be, feeling a lot of sympathy for Bob, but also not agreeing with most of what bob wanted right for anyone listening who's, who's not familiar it started this this guy who was making a I think ds or game boy advance game all on his own i think it, I think it was a nintendo ds game yeah and he was targeting that but it was just he was just writing it in like you know c plus plus or something because he couldn't get an official dev kit uh so he was doing all all the open source kind of dev kit stuff you can make for homebrew and made this like 2d rpg that he was calling bob's game that looked really cute when it first came like when he first showed it off like it was like this cool village with a whole bunch of characters and he did it all himself and it was like this impressive feat but then he like went off the deep end because nintendo wouldn't give him an official dev kit right the character did like i can't separate he he's at various points said it was basically all an act but uh, it's hard to separate the two but then eventually he released videos that showed like bob's game and it had all changed into being about him making the game and reggie was like the enemy of the game and it was all about like this big core it became extremely navel gazy and weird and now there's a game on steam called bob's game that is the game within the game that the fake game developer was developing in the storyline of bob's game wow that, it's just a really crappy tetris clone or something <laughs> <laughs> all that for a tetris clone but the the RPG was never released. To my knowledge, nothing of that original Bob's Game video has been released to the public at any point. This is 
very special. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually really into this story, like, assuming... I don't I don't think it's... A, except for the fact that, like, I think somebody's actually suffering. And I'm not sure about that. Like, I feel like to a point he's he's playing along, but I don't know where that divide is. So, yeah, there, it, it is a difficult bit. I can't tell if there's actual kind of suffering or mental break of any sort involved because he's stated in the midst of it, and it's it's been a while since kind of the whole big like live stream he did where he was just showing himself developing the game as a protest until Reggie would give him a dev kit. Um, right. He then said that like, you know, he, this was a publicity stunt basically, but it also seems like he might be having some actual trouble because nothing very little actually got produced when it's clear at the beginning, he had worked a long time on a game that looked pretty cute and involved. So Yeah. So apparently in 2016, the source code was released on GitHub. Oh. But now when I go to the Bob's Game user on GitHub, it has no public repositories. Oh, no. Yeah, so apparently the source code has been de-released. Huh. And that was that was of the actual game and not the game within the game? That's what I was going to try to find out, but <laughs> <Okay>. I, <laughs> I have not been able to, to discern this. Oh, it's kind of like the Flappy Bird situation where you, know, you, you had the game, the game became popular and... You know, dude couldn't stomach it or something. It was a real big social issue for him to suddenly have this big influx of money. Oh, from from Flappy Bird. So he was like, "Yeah, get me, get me out." Yeah, I I can't remember if I'm conflating him with somebody else, but I remember it being a concern that, like, in his country, it's a big problem where like rich people like get kidnapped and held for ransom. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I think that I think that was that was the resolution there. Uh, quickly flipping back to, to Bob's game for a second, though. Uh, this last bit on the Wikipedia article about it says that there was yeah, like in March or sorry, May of 2016, the game was greenlit on Steam, and it was the this is the game within the game, the Tetris clone. It got, eventually did get published to to Itchio, and then got a full Steam release in February 2017. And then June 24th of 2021, Bob's Game was renamed to OK. Just the letters <laughs> OK. And then shortly after that, the Steam store page for the game was removed. So this is like recent developments on the Bob's Game story I didn't know was happening. This is exciting. Well, this is kind of like the uh, the ARGs. How do you Google for OK? Yeah, that's that's true. The Steam DB page for it, with it's now it's now gone. But you could see he changed the banner image to just the stretched face. I think maybe his face. Yeah. And the name is OK. I mean, it seems like Go West pioneered the whole ARG thing, you know, like we were saying. <laughs> and Bob's game or OK or what have you seems to owe a lot to that. Yeah. Thanks, Go West. Seriously. Couldn't have done it without you. And that's all the time we have for Topic Lords. Nick, if this is something that you want, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can you can find me. My only real public output is on Twitter at Nick Pancakes, uh, spelled like you think. And there's not a whole lot on there. I'm, I'm not not a super like <laughs> public guy, but you'll see me uh, retweet things about st- stupid shit going down in Portland that I'm angry about, or Duckfeed stuff we have going on that I'm involved in. So, uh, but if uh, you have any reason to reach out for me, that would be the place to do it. Cool. And Greg, if this is something that you want, where can people find you on the internet? Mostly, I guess my presence is on Twitter as SimGreed. I just tweet about game development and stuff like that. I've got another project that I'm working with, you know, a 3D platformer. 
So if you're interested in that sort of thing, that's where you can hit me up. Yeah, keep a keep an eye out for for Tire Friend, Greg's current game that he's working on, which is dope. <laughs> uh, yeah, send me a link. I'll put it in the show notes. Oh, fantastic. Uh, thanks so much for being on. Yeah, thanks. Thank you for having me. Hi, this is Jim. This is the audio I append to every episode of Topic Lords. Congratulations to our newly anointed lords. This episode was edited by Esper Quinn, who can also edit your episode if you contact them on Twitter. If you'd like more people to hear the show, you can tell your friends about it, or rate and review us on whatever podcast service you use. You can add content to the Topic Bucket by emailing topicbucket at topiclords.com, and you can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash topiclords. Patrons get episodes a week early, and you get access to the Topic Lords Discord, where you can discuss topics with all the lords that hang out in there. See you next episode!